0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I'm your host, Nick Williams, and this week's show is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Books-A-Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rural King, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. All right, guys, we're here today with Drew Morgan. Drew is the owner of East Alabama Fly Fishing. Drew, how you doing this evening?
1: I'm good. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good.
0: Well, tell me a little bit, you, you know, name your business, East Alabama Fly Fishing. Give give our listeners a rough idea of where you operate. You know, working up North Alabama, South Alabama. I know there's Alabama runs North and South, so East Alabama could imply a lot of territory.
1: Right. Yes, you're very, very correct. Yes, so we, uh, obviously, East Alabama Fly Fishing... And East Alabama is a general location that was kind of strategic, so we could not be restricted to to a certain area or a certain river. But that being said, uh, we really specialize in the Tallapoosa River, which uh, is in East Central Alabama. So, kind of if you're looking at a map, it is uh, it is in between Auburn, Opelika, Montgomery, Birmingham. And the, and the state line of, of Alabama and Georgia, right there, kind of kind of central to that. And um, we, uh, you know, we we have some opportunities probably coming up. We we've been in business for for eight years now. We have some opportunities coming up to expand, um, but we really really want to make sure that we can specialize and, and really know a piece of water. And one one thing that maybe is important to know, we have we have several guides, and and we're all we're all part time. We all have other jobs, and so um, it, it takes us time to expand and learn a piece of water. We we want to make sure we 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 know the water before we take people out. But um, we got the tell the, the Talapusa. And, I, and I should say um, it's even probably more specific than that. It's it's really the the uh, middle Talapusa, um, which is um, considered to be the the river between downstream of Harris or uh, Lake Wadawi and uh and, and martin lake martin so uh between really between uh lake wadawi and, and lake martin is where we it's where we get after it so well, well awesome so yeah.
0: i i know a little bit about that area i've been been doing some traveling and fishing and uh actually stayed at auburn uh, which is a really nice town it's kind of you know a lot of people know it as a football town but they got a really fun little downtown area and a lot of parks mm-hmm. nearby that me and my wife and my daughter enjoyed going to but we we kinda of fished that stretch that you're talking about. So I've I've done some stuff at Lake Martin and we fished up in Lake Wadawi and man, aside from like Horseshoe Bend Military Park and there's not much on that Tallapoosa River that's public access. Like I kind of struggled trying to fish in some of those counties, like you were basically you could hop out at the boat ramp <laughs> yeah. in a couple places, but man, some of them boat ramps was rural, this type thing where, you know, how it is you get down a road and it's like, well, oh, yeah. it's, it says it's the ramp. <laughs> this doesn't look like I'm supposed yeah. to be here. Uh, yeah. And that river's so shallow and so rocky, you know, you're not, you're not, I don't think I'd want to take my bass boat up in
1: there. No. So it's
0: <laughs> good to know that there's a guide service out there. How do y'all usually handle your
1: trips? No, you're exactly right. And and honestly, I'll say that's uh that's one of my favorite things about it. The the Tallapoosa River. One thing that's protected it. When well, I should say this, it is uh, it is one of the cleanest rivers as far as pollution goes um, and trash. You you see very little trash on the river because it it it's one of the only rivers that doesn't flow through. A, a, well, at least north of Tallahassee, there's there's big falls at Tallahassee where I guess back in the day the barges and riverboats couldn't couldn't get beyond those falls and so. Um, Really, the Tallapoosa River from Tallahassee on up was protected from development. So there's no major cities. Um, the, the river doesn't flow through any major city. Um, also, there's very little um, industry that's popped up along the river because of that. And so, um, but also it means it's, it's pretty rural. And what's interesting was, was I, what I love about it. it it's a pretty m- remote river, but it's really not in a remote area. You know, it's like I said, it's it's centered right in between Montgomery, Birmingham, Atlanta. You know, it's close to eighty five and two eighty, um, so it's it's a short drive, but it but it's kind of in a remote area. And In fact, one of the one of the little towns that we put in at, and they're trying to get service, but but cell phone service is is limited out there. You know, but um, but you're right, access is limited, and and I think that kind of protects the river in a way. And that's honestly one of the reasons why we wanted to to offer the service originally. I started the God service uh, because I, I taught school and I had summers off, and um, I've told this a lot to to people, but um, I truly I, I needed to make some extra money in the summer to um, start paying for daycare and things as we were having kids, and so I started it, and um, and it was a lot of fun, and it it took off and it's grown from there. And, and eight years later, um, we're, we're still going strong. And, but what, but what I tell people is that, you know, certainly we offer a guide service for fly fishing for bass, which is, which is really a, a niche kind of, kind of thing. Right. Especially in Alabama, but also we offer one access. Cause we, we know some access and we've got some access worked out, but two, the, the kind of boats we run, can can handle the shallows and the rocks and so uh, we offer basically a fishing platform uh, that most people don't have on their own Um, and you know we take care of everything and and we help you catch fish hopefully so it's uh it's been a it's been a fun thing man um you know it's it's not full time for me at least at least not now but um it has definitely been a fun thing to get started so yeah, the, the, the Tallapoosa River though is a special place. I I love talking about the river. I've had people who have fished all over the world and um it's it's sneaky and it's hard to explain. But but these people who have fished all over, you know, I, I'm never gonna say it's better than other places. I'm not gonna do that, but but they're generally they're usually very surprised and very pleasantly surprised at uh at just how beautiful a river it is and how fun the fishing can be. And and how you really don't see a whole lot of people that's the other thing um don't see a whole lot of houses don't see a whole lot of people if it's only, if it's a weekday you're probably you're probably not going to see anybody you're probably just going to be yourself out there so it's a lot of fun
0: it's definitely special and i know i've i've done a fair bit of traveling and like you said it's it's odd when you look at it on a map it's, i mean it's dead center like you said between montgomery birmingham atlanta you know the three three of the biggest cities that you got in this this region And, uh, I mean, man, like, but the biggest thing on the Tallapoosa River, like when we, we drove up it and and we're kind of stopping all the counties that it run through between Lake Martin and and Lake Wadawi, we stopped and fished in. And the closest thing we come to a big town was Wadley, Alabama. And if anybody's (laughs) ever been to Wadley, Alabama, Mm -hmm. they got, they got a real nice coffee shop. We enjoyed stopping there. But as far as I could tell, that was about all there was to do in Wadley, Alabama was get a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and and hit the road again. So it's, it's. You don't hear a lot about that region. You're right. Everywhere that I stopped and fished, you could tell the water was clean. And and there were fish, even just fishing right there off the boat ramp. That's something that down here, Mobile Tensile Delta, we just, our population has grown so much that I think that's starting to catch up to us a little bit. Is, is a lot of the, the roadside access, if you're just fishing a boat ramp, one, you won't ever get a cast in because there's boats constantly launching. And then- right. uh, And if you do get cast in, they're just not. Seems I may just be getting old and wearing my (laughs) rose tinted goggles when it comes to looking back at my youth. But man, it seems like there is more fish on places like that at the little public piers and stuff like that down here. So it's definitely. I I hesitate to. I don't want to put it on blast, as they say, but uh, you know, you you get Um, it. You do not get far off of Lake Martin, and. All that goes yeah. away now. Lake Martin has grown up in in recent years, and every time I go up there, it seems like there's some new stuff going on 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 Lake Martin. There's a house that didn't used to be there, yep. um, but yeah, that stretch of the Tallapoosa is just kind of empty. And you say you were talking about bass fishing. What um, I know there's a bunch of bass species in Alabama. I'm still kind of learning the ropes when it comes to oh, all yeah. the bass, all all of them. What ain't largemouths? I've I've caught a lot of things that I called largemouths that more educated people are starting to tell me. Or, or not large mouth, um, <laughs> what, what do y'all usually catch up there on the, on the Talapeza?
1: Yeah, great question. And it is something I think people, when they think of bass, certainly, uh, they, they think a large mouth and, and small mouth, even in the fly fishing world. Honestly, I think, I think the conventional world and, and I should say, I, you know, all of, all of us, myself included, we fish all kinds of ways. Now we, we, we do love fishing with fly rods for bass. Uh, We do think it's a lot of fun. I I tell people it's like bow hunting for deer. You know, it is a little more challenging. There's a little bit more art to it. It's it's a little more sporting. And, and for some people that that's more fun. And for us, it's more fun. So, but um, yeah, I mean, so I I think, I think honestly the fly fishing world could learn a lot from the conventional world um, on knowing all the different bass species. But um, I will say this on the Tallapoosa river, I can count on one hand the amount of largemouth bass we've caught over eight years. It is a flowing river. And, you know, those largemouths, they like still, still water. And so, uh, so we don't catch a lot of largemouth, which, which I'm okay with because I'll be honest with you, largemouth, I mean, they can get bigger, but, but generally the the fight isn't, isn't as, uh, isn't as fun. But, um, so, so on the Talapusa, I'll get back to that the uh the, the main species are the spotted bass, which my biologist friends would would be aggravated at me if I didn't clarify um, that uh, the biologists have determined that um, the spotted bass in the tallapoosa um, and other rivers in the area are actually um, genetically different. It's a different strain, so you probably heard of like Kentucky spots mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, the Tallapoosa River has uh, what they now call the Alabama spot, or the Alabama, or the 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 Alabama bass. So we have Alabama bass, and I'll say this: I put a plug in for this. Alabama bass get a really bad rap. They are highly adaptable to a lot of different environments, and uh, if if you put an Alabama bass in a river where it's not supposed to be, they'll they'll take over, and so. Um, you'll hear a lot about uh spotted bass and especially 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 Alabama bass as being invasive but I, I'd like to tell people in the Tallapoosa they they are native they're, they're supposed to be there um that that's where they're supposed to be so that's that's one that's one species and those are the those are the bass that get that will get bigger um so uh, the boat record on, on my boat for an Alabama bass is 22 inches which uh you know when when you're when you when you catch a 22inch spotted bass and if anybody out there has ever caught a spotted bass you know how hard they fight so uh you know a four to five pound spotted bass in a in a river with, with flowing water around i mean on a fly rod <laughs> it's a whole lot of fun and uh it, it's a heck of an experience so uh so that's one and then, and then probably what the talapusa gets uh probably well most of the people who come fish with us have have heard of a very special fish that uh is only in the talapusa river watershed and um and that is the talapoosa bass and again we're biologists are are learning a whole lot about all the different black bass species and and i'm no biologist but um i've (laughs) i've got some friends that uh work and are at school here at auburn in uh, fisheries and uh, they've done a lot of great research on this but um so uh, Tallahusa bass uh, used used to be considered just red eye bass, and uh, maybe a lot of your listeners, and I know we we talked about red eye bass uh, before the call, but um it used to be just there was a species called red eye bass. But again, the the biologists have are figuring out that every river system above the fall line in Alabama, so in the Piedmont areas where there's rocky rocky streams with with cool flowing water, has its own. Uh, species of, of red eye bass so you have the black warrior bass and you have the cahaba bass and you have the coosa bass and you have the talapusa bass and so you know it, it, you kind of have to tell a long story to to describe just how special how special the fish are because when, when you catch a red eye bass on the talapusa that is a talapusa bass and, and you can't catch that fish anywhere else in the world one thing that makes the talapusa stand out against the other rivers though in my opinion is Red eye bass or what I should call talapusa bass, they they have to have clean flowing water to survive. So generally that means nowadays, that that's generally going to mean smaller streams in in the upland areas, so smaller tributaries that feed into the main river. Because most of our main rivers now are either uh in, are either in, impounded or polluted to a point where the red-eye bass can't can't exist. So they kind of they kind of only exist in those upper tribs, um, but the Talapusá is is such a clean river where there's very little pollution. Um, there's still plenty of shoals and, and moving water, which red eye bass they love moving water. That that they're almost like a trout where they they kind of they love to be in moving water. the The main stem of the Talapusá has a has enough clean water and enough current where they're where, where where they can live. So you can you can catch what's considered a, a trophy red eye bass or Talapusá bass on the main stem of the river, which is uh w- which is pretty special and, and it's an experience that it's, it's hard to find on other rivers. So I think that's something that that stands out. And I'll say this, uh, you know, one thing about red eye bass, uh they, they don't get they don't get as big. Um if you catch uh if you catch over a 12 inch red eye bass, it's considered a trophy. Um, we've had several uh fish over 13 inches caught on the on the tallapoosa. And, um, now that it's rare, but, but they are in there. And I think one thing I tell people though, is that they're also very strong fighters pound for pound. They fight harder than spot. Um, I, I think they're pretty similar to smallmouth bass as far as how hard they fight again, I've, I've had people fishing with me that have caught all kinds of fish species and they'll hook into a big red eye bass. You know, when I say big, I'm talking around 12 inches, which. You know, a lot of times we might consider that a dink a dink fish, but for red eye bass is big. And they'll hook into a 12 inch red eye bass and they'll look at me and say, oh get the net, big fish, big fish. And they'll call <laughs> it. They'll start calling out big fish. Tell me to get the net. They'll get it up. And it's a, it's a 12 inch fish and their minds are blown, but they have, they have big, they have pretty big fins. Uh, they they have rounded, big rounded tail fins. And um, I don't know the names of the fins, I guess, but uh, you know, they, there's a lot of surface area. They, they can move water. I mean, they're, they, they grow up in current, and and they they live in current so um they have to they have to be able to maneuver it and um th- those are the two main black bass species that we fish for and we we do have striped bass they they stock them in lake martin and uh they they will move up into the river certain times of the year um they're they're a lot harder to pattern out and uh now i love fishing for them it's a lot of fun um, it, it is definitely advanced fly fishing for striped bass but uh but we do have those uh those also those aren't black bass of course those are those are uh, temperate bass but um but yeah we, we we catch some of those every now and then too there we go
0: well, well tell me a little bit and uh, and i can i can attest too. i have really fallen in love i was actually just fly fishing the other day with uh matt lewis he traded he was super helpful helping me get into that and then in exchange i live here on tensile lake and uh on the mobile tensile delta so i put him on some chain pickerel and uh i think i think we both had a good time sometimes it's cool to go catch something that's that's foreign to you you know you kind of get used to what you got in your backyard and uh Mm. i know taking him out here i appreciated what i had more just after a day of him seeing it you know showing him and seeing how impressed he was with it i was like well i guess it is pretty impressive so that's that's fun to do and uh but yeah it's it's interesting what you were saying that as you said it, I got to thinking about it. I I completed the the Mobile Basin Red Eye Slam this year, and, nice. and you're right. Fishing the the Coosa, the Kaaba and the Black Warrior River, you had to track down little bitty. I mean, like Wade fishing type, ditch fishing. You know, you're fishing a trickle <laughs> to to get after those bass. But on the Tallapoosa River, I, I caught one right there on the main channel, and uh caught them quickly that was the first species of red eye bass that i caught and i remember i went down there i didn't know how this was all going to go so i went down there with ultralight rod and a can of red worms i said well i'm gonna just see what it's all about before i jump into the fly fishing thing and after about 15 minutes i was like you know i think i could probably catch one on a fly here like yeah and i, and I did and that that kind of awesome. started the whole thing so tell me a little bit i know there's a lot of people keep up with what goes on at lake Wadawi and what goes on at lake martin but in between is kind of a no man's land Right now, most of, of the state is, is kind of in a, a bit of a doldrum, has, has been my observation. The water temperatures, surface temperatures been real, real high with, with all the just extremely hot weather we've been having. And it seems like fish are kind of in in between in a lot of ways, and, and people are either not finding them or if they're getting on them consistently. The guys that we talk to, they always talk about fishing pretty deep this time of the year. And uh, yeah. obviously, you're not going to go very deep in the Tallapoosa River. Um, no. What, what's the fishing like? What, what are y'all doing right now? How are y'all doing? What are y'all catching on? And what are you looking at, you know, here in the next month as we start hitting October and that temperature starts to drop and we kind of change into a fall pattern? What's that look like on the Tallapoosa?
1: Sure. Yeah. I'll start, I'll start by this. Um, I am a river fisherman uh, through and through. (laughs) Um, And I try to remind people that, you know, a hundred years ago, there weren't any lakes around. The, the fish have adapted to those waters. Fish eat all year round. You know, I mean, they, 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 they got to eat. And you know that if you fish a river, because if you fish a river, that's their natural environment, that they've been there since the beginning, um, and they're eating and they're living and surviving. And so that's why I love river fishing. To me, yes, access is harder. You know, lakes, you can put in a boat ramp, motor around anywhere you want to go. So access is harder on a river, but to me... Um, it is easier to find fish. It's easier to get them to eat because they're, again, they're primed in their natural environment in a river. And so that's really how we approach fishing the river. I, I think of it as uh, a lot of these fish are, are what I call ambush points or um, ambush zones. And, and they're, they're, they're laying in wait and just waiting to eat something that floats by or falls in. And so once you learn where these ambush spots are going to be, you can really start to pattern out, pattern out fish. And, and myself and our guides, I mean, we, you know, we've had a lot of, uh, ha- we've had a lot of trips. So you kind of start to learn where these spots are. But, um, so I'll just say that from the beginning, we, we don't see the lulls in fishing quite as much, in my opinion, as, as lake fishing. And I do some lake fishing too. So, so that's something I like about it. So I'll say this, I mean, you know, certainly August, if, if the water gets uh real low or if it gets real muddy and I mean, August is hot anyway. So August is a tough month on, on the river. Um, the fish, the fish do slow down. Now you can still catch some fish, but I'll say this right now we're, we're getting in mid September. We've had some cooler nights. The other thing about Talthousa area, it's up in, it's up in the Piedmont. It's technically considered the last couple of foothills of, of, of the Appalachian mountains up there. And so, like I'm amazed. Sometimes I'll leave out from Auburn and I'll drive, I'll drive up to the river. You know, it's about 40, 40 minutes up the road. It's not too bad, and uh, I'll get up there, and it'll be like ten degrees cooler than what it was <laughs> at my house. And I, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I brought a jacket. But um, so it, it gets a little cooler up there, and so by by mid September, um, the water temps are starting to come back down a little bit. That sun angle is getting lower, so it's it's not heating the the river, uh, quite as much. And that, that's the other thing. So I'll say this Lake Wadawi actually has improved the bass fishing on the middle of Talapusa because one, it keeps the water at a, at a more standard temperature year round. So Lake Wadawi is a, a pretty deep lake at, at the dam. And so they generate from the bottom of the lake. So it's not cold enough to be a tailwater where, where you might stop trout, but, um, thankfully I, I, I think we've got a great bass fishery, but, um, but it's, it's cool enough to where year round, I mean, that, that water, I mean, it'll warm up for sure, but it's, it's not like, um, it's not super hot. So I think that helps too, but you know, we're, we're getting in mid September. Um, we, uh, this, just this past week, we've had several really good fish caught again. It's, so it's kind of coming back, turning back up, um, and it'll keep getting better and better this fall until about November, depending on when we start getting some of those really cold snaps. Once we get our first freeze, which is around early to, to, to mid November, um, it, 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 it tells off pretty quick. And so there is, there is a lull there. Um, but I mean, those, again, my theory is always they're they're eating something and then it's a pretty shallow river and, and you could probably figure them out, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's picking back up. Another great thing about Talapusa that I love, um, is it's a great topwater river. You can catch, bass on top water all day long on most days um there's not really a morning bite um yeah i mean you you can i mean it it may be better in the morning or or afternoon but you can still catch a meat even in the middle of the day on on top water i'll say this if if you're if you're fishing it white uh white top water poppers or plugs work work well and uh which is kind of a you, you mentioned matt lewis he's a buddy of mine he he's a big believer in yellow and i'm a big believer in white and uh I think the truth is these fish, these river fish, they're just primed to eat. You know, they're, they're apex predators in their, in their natural environment and they are souped up and just waiting to smash something if, if it's presented right. And, and it, and it looks right as far as a a profile goes, but I don't know how much color matters, but, but I I do like white. If you want to fish something subsurface or in the fly fishing world, we have fancy names for things. So uh we call these streamers so flies that sink is called a streamer. Um, these things mimic uh bait fish or crayfish that kind of stuff um i, I love olive the, the dalapusa generally has clearer water than most of our southern rivers and um because of that clearer water i, I like using more natural looking colors and um you know olive olive colored stuff tends to just mimic a bluegill or baby bass or, you know, maybe even a dark colored crayfish and stuff like that. So, so if the water's clear, you know, olive, natural color, you know, maybe like a olive and orange or maybe something with a lot of orange in it that looks like a crayfish. Um, it, it's really not that complicated. If you can mimic some of the colors of the things that that they're eating, you're, you're probably going to catch something. And, um uh, which you. Which again, going back to what I said at the beginning, I really think our service, I mean, yes, we we have knowledge and access and all the things, and we'll help we help people catch fish. But uh, but really, I mean, we we offer a platform where you can the client can only, I mean, you just get to focus on fishing all day. We run the raft, uh, we, we have raft style drift boats, and uh and, and you get to fish. And uh it's not super complicated fishing. I will say it helps if you can if you can practice your casting if you're new to fly fishing and, and you can practice your casting and you can have a decent cast at, at, at you know 15 feet minimum um that's definitely going to help because a lot of times we are making some longer casts a lot of people sometimes go out west and they'll take a guided trip for trout and they'll they'll nymph all day you know they'll do hostage nymphing three runs and stuff they don't really have to cast as much uh, we're, we don't do that as much on on the telapusa, so you definitely kind of have to know how to how to cast a little bit but it's fun and yeah so i mean as far as this year or this this time of year goes it's it's definitely we're getting into the fall bite which is which is really it's a lot of fun all righty guys let's take a real quick break and hear from some of this week's sponsors
0: this week's episode of the alabama freshwater fishing report has been brought to you by bucks island bucks island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948 They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They love trade-ins for boats and motors. They can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the United States. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. They have factory-trained and certified technicians. Visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama, 35907 ZIP Code, or give them a call at 256- 442-2588. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the recent highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. Also brought to you by Hayabusa. Hayabusa provides the world with outstanding fishing hooks. Hayabusa is manufactured in Japan with technical designs, functionality, durability, and styles that customers who want to catch more fish demand. Hayabusa Fishing works tirelessly to provide the highest quality products manufactured and ensures current and prospective customers achieve a higher level of performance by using innovative products. From sabikis and saltwater hooks and jigs to freshwater hooks. See what they're all about at HayabusaFishing.com Well, well, Drew, talking about you know, casting, talking about how folks, you know, kind of on, and I guess this Talapoose River got some current, but it still would be considered flat water. So you do have to cast. You can't just sit there and drift something through a little ripple right there at your feet, right? What are some mistakes that you see people make? I know as a guide, you take a bunch of people out and they don't necessarily, if you're on a guided trip, may not have the highest skill level cast and i know i don't that's something i'm personally interested in Is i picked up a little seven six three weight to play with some right eye bass what would be the biggest mistakes that you see fly fishermen making what would be tips that you have for people for people to keep in mind if they're going to go and, and start fly casting and maybe want to look a little bit better in front of the guide and spend more time catching fish.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that, that is one thing. If, if you don't have time to practice or if, if you truly are getting into it, taking a trip is a great way to learn. And, and all of our guides will be more than happy to, to help teach you and things on, on the water. So um, while you definitely w- want to have a decent cast, it'll definitely help you catch more fish. You know, we're not going to tell you no because we, we love to teach, so I'll say that. But um, but it definitely helps, and it definitely helps to catch more fish if you can work on your cast, um, and you'll have a more enjoyable day on the water if you feel like you're casting decent enough to get it to where you're, you're wanting to go. I would say if you're getting into it and you you get a rod and you get out in the yard and you're practicing, and then I'm no casting certified casting instructor. There are people who are certified to do that, but um, but I've helped a lot of people with their casting. Um, and I would say the, what, what happens in your back cast is more important than what happens in your forward cast. And, you know, unfortunately what happens in your backcast you don't see, right? <laughs> because you don't have eyes in the back of your head, but it's all timing. And, and I, I have a method to, to kind of help people. It's not, uh, you know, I don't know how great it is. Um, you know, it, it If somebody's a certified casting instructor, they, they probably have a better method than this. But, but what I really focus on is, is making the rod bend. You, you you want the rod to bend in a fly cast. If it doesn't bend, then your arm's going to be doing all the work and you're going to exhaust yourself and you're going to end up with blisters on your hands. Um, that's the other thing. If you're practicing or if you're new to fly casting and you're getting blisters on your hands, just don't do that to yourself you know, stop and, and realize, okay, I need to go back and I need to rethink something because this, this this isn't, you know, this isn't fun. Really a, a great fly cast, you, you truly move your arm very little and actually you 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 move your arm less than an, than casting a conventional rod. And it looks like a lot of work. Like people said before when I'm casting, like, man, it looks like a lot of work. It's, it's actually not. It's actually, in my opinion, less work. Um, in a weird way, cause the rod's doing, if you're doing it right the the rod's doing most of the work, but you want the rod to bend, you know, I, I call it waving the flag. If, if you're, if you're out there and your arms making big movements and, and you're waving a flag and that rod's not bending at all, then it's not, you know, you're not going to have a successful cast. But if you're, it's almost like this, Nick, I, I guess you've probably painted before, right? A painted bit. a wall or yeah. So, <laughs> so Yeah. So imagine, you know, if you load a paintbrush up with, with some paint in a paint bucket and imagine you're going to flick that paint on the wall, what what kind of motion you would do to to make that happen. A fly cast is a very similar motion to that, except you make that motion on the forward cast and on the back cast. So if you, if you imagine yourself flicking paint on a wall on, the, you know, flicking it forward and then flicking it back, that's kind of the idea of, of, of what you want to do. Um, I love helping people get into fly casting. I think it is a fun way to go way to Crete with a little fly rod and a popping bug and fish. Again, I fish all kinds of ways, but it's just a whole lot of fun. And, um, you know, and a lot more people used to do it in Alabama. Um, I, I talk to people all the time and they have stories about granddaddy used to fish fly rod all the time and, and, and would wear them out. I mean, I, I hear that story a lot. So and, I gotta, uh,
0: I gotta interrupt you real quick because yeah, yeah. I've, I've been down with Peter Jordan at the Lost Angler fly shop down here and He told me this as a joke one time, and I've heard it twice at his shop, and now you're mentioning it, is does the story go that back in the day, grandpappy used to roll cast up under the willow limbs with a live (laughs) cricket on the end of it?
1: That's it. That's the story. That is
0: the story, man. That's That's an oddly specific story, but, (laughs) man, that's, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard it twice at his shop, and I've heard it since I started talking fly fish, and I think I was talking with my uncle. And, and he started in, man, back in the day, we used
1: to do it. And, uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, cause you know, think about back in the day, I mean, fly fishing is as far as gear goes, it's pretty simple. You really don't need a whole lot of gear. You really don't even need a, a, a reel. I mean, you, you could, there's a type of rod called a Tinkara. I do not even have a reel. And so back before bass boats and lakes and, and, uh, the bass tournaments and all this stuff got real popular. Um, people were fishing creeks and rivers you know there, there weren't a whole lot of lakes um, I mean we're talking a long time ago and um, you know you had a cane pole or maybe a fiberglass rod and and that's what you use so anyway yeah it people fly fishing definitely has that pretentious side to it because there is a, the part of it where it began and you know it was popular in England and Scotland and of of, of the aristocracy and and all these types and yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 simple too, and and I'll say this: us in the South, we we kind of, uh, I think everybody else kind of looks down on us sometimes uh, as flying anglers in the South, because we, I I think I think we're the most down to earth about it. I mean, listen, there's a lot of times I've been wanting to put on a live cricket and, and roll cast under under the willows myself. <laughs> um grand, granddaddy probably had a really good thing going there doing that. So <laughs> hey, yeah, I can testify that
0: he did. I, I can testify that live yeah. crickets are uh that's that's still hard to beat, man. And and yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the Ten Car thing. We actually had uh TJ Fiera and uh uh John nice. gear from car USA on here a while back and we did a whole whole episode that was kind of a car special and and wrote a piece on it and I, I told them they were like, yeah, there's there's a stigma that, uh, you know, ten car fishing is just cane pole fishing. And I was like, hey, hey, we not, we're not smack-talking we're not, we're not smack right. <laughs> cane pole fishing here in Alabama. Like, say no more. <laughs> if that's what you're selling me is a really nice cane pole, I'm interested. you know? Yeah. Oh. Um, and, and, yeah, if you think about it, fly fishing, right, it's just a way. How do I cast? You know, casting a live cricket is hard to do on a spinning rod, much less a bait caster. Right. So, you know, you can't cast, cast the line. Like it's a, that's a very simple idea that got complicated somewhere along the way. But the idea was, man, I'd like to throw this little thing over there. What if I tie it to this big thing and throw it,
1: man, that's, that's exactly it. Like, of course, conventional, you, you have to have weighted something heavy on the end of your line Yeah, and that, that causes all kinds of things. It causes a splash. It causes, you know, a weight in the water. It causes something to sink, you know? And, and so, yeah, I mean. I mean, I certainly sometimes think big, big bait, big fish, uh, but I can't tell you how many big fish we've caught on, on smaller flies, you know, um, and I'm not talking tiny. A lot of people, if, if you don't know fly fishing, you know, you might think of like these tiny little trout flies I mean, we, we don't use stuff like that. I mean, our stuff is, our stuff is bigger, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's a way to cast smaller, like, especially like there's times when bass are eating one inch bait fish, right? Like a tiny I can, little fry.
0: I can testify. I'll, I'll interrupt real quick. We yeah, was, go ahead. Uh, I, I was on the way up driving through Dallas County, and I pulled over on the side of the road and, and was flicking a little size 16 parachute Adams, which for my conventional fishing brethren who were like me a year ago, I didn't know what a size 16 fly was. But uh, <laughs> Pretty small. It's it's pretty small. You know, when you figure that a small Aberdeen hook for brim fishing is a size eight. You know, like fly fly fishing is a whole new world of small. Like you were saying, you getting the trout thing. So I, but I caught. He wasn't huge. I mean, he may have made two pounds, but it was a surprisingly big fish that come up and was interested in that little bitty fly that could have sat on my pinky nail.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: a very interesting. Yep. And then that fish, if you'd have cost him, if you'd have took in that little shallow stream, and and thrown a Kevin Van Dam crankbait past him. He'd have probably still been swimming trying to find a place to hide.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it, you know, there's there's times when big fish eat, you know, small, like I said, one inch little bait fish and you're not gonna it's gonna be hard to cast any kind of lure conventionally that's that's that size well. But but you can on a fly rod. And, you know, you can even go up I mean, we're getting off casting a little bit, but uh there's uh there's pretty big baits now that people have develop or flies, I should say, that people are developing now for for a fly rod. I mean, just Google some of these musky, musky flies people are using to, to fish for musky with a fly rod. Oh yeah. That, you know, that's it's... speaking,
0: speaking of musky, Matt, Matt was down here fishing for a chain pickerel, you know, out, oh, yeah. Alabama, yeah. Alabama pike. And, uh, he, he was throwing a great big, huge fly opposite end of the spectrum. He was throwing something that looked like it was about a foot long cat toy. You know, uh, <laughs> that's exactly know? it. I've never and, heard of yeah. it that way. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then he caught, he caught pickerel on it. You know, caught caught several pickerel on it. Did just as well. Did I can honestly say that was the best day of pickerel fishing I've ever had. It's
1: the awesome. only day
0: of pickerel fishing I've ever had. He's the only person that specifically asked to go do that.
1: Yeah, those those flies that big. It's all about getting bulk uh, without weight. And uh, but, you know, when you tie your own flies, you know, uh, bucktail is a great a great material that gives you bulky appearance but zero weight and so yeah a lot of those bigger flies like that are made out of bucktail and feathers and stuff and, and that's a whole other thing. you know you can tie i mean that's a whole another rabbit hole we can go down with, with with tying your own flies it's it is so cool to to catch a fish on a fly you tied i mean it's that's a it's a fun experience and you know i know there's some people conventional wise tackle craft you you know you can definitely make your own jigs and pour your own worms and it's it's the same thing you know that's a whole other rabbit hole we can go down with, with fly time. So
0: <laughs> it, it definitely yeah, is. I've, yeah.
1: I've stuck my toe in that a
0: little bit, and uh, we definitely don't have, have time uh, for <laughs> on the show yeah. or just me before I got to sleep in yeah. some. I got to sneak in some sleep while my little one sleeps. So, uh, we'll have, oh, yeah. but we'll revisit that conversation because I think that's interesting. But as, as we wrap up, I always try to get when we talk to our guides. Folks like what they hear if there's folks maybe going going to be staying in Lake Martin, if they got a business trip and they're going to be, you know, in one of them towns, Birmingham, Montgomery, Atlanta, if they're hanging out, you know, fixed to be taking their daughter to Auburn and, and, you know, take her to an orientation day and they're going to be in town and they want something to do that weekend. They want to book a trip with you. Where's where's a good place to get in contact with you.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking that. We have a website um, and it's, uh, www.eastalabamaflyfishing.com, and uh, you can look that up, or or even you can just Google um, Alabama fly fishing, and uh, we, we should pop up there too. And um, once you get there, um, should be self-explanatory. There's a place you can contact us, and um, we uh, right right now we have a very hands-on approach to booking. Um, so it'll send an email to us, and we'll make contact and talk to you and get to know you and hear your plans and, and set up, set up a trip for you. Yeah. And, 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 just try to try to take care of you. I mean, our, our goal is to one, I mean, we love showing people the river, um, but two, we, we want to raise awareness for how special a place it is. I, I've always believed that nobody's going to care about something they've never seen or never been to. Right. And so, uh, the more people that get out of that, that get out on that river and see it and experience it, uh, the more people, uh, will, will care about it. And, um, and, and want to keep it for future generations to fish it like we're like we're fishing it. So, yeah. So, uh, we, we would love to have anybody who wants to come and, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, Nick, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I've had a blast and you've been super generous with your time
0: and folks, if you are listening in, uh, go check out Drew. He, the Tallapoosa river is, you can't miss it. If you've somehow managed to live in Alabama and you haven't seen it, the lakes are great. The beach is great. But but some of those rivers that you get up there are are just something else. All that stuff that happens in between the major lakes is definitely worth experiencing as well. So y'all go check Drew out. And Drew, I appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on in the future.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'd love to be back anytime, anytime you want me. And I just appreciate the opportunity. So thank you.
0: Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up this week's show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening. If you'd like for us to email you the podcast, you can just text FISHING to 314-665-1767. Again, just text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767 to subscribe to our email list, and we'll send you the new show each week. This week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by... Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fish and game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. Also brought to you by Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to see more. Also brought to you by Dixie Supply, Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply manufacture a variety of metal roofing systems to meet your needs. Whether you're putting a new roof on your home or sheeting a commercial building, they have you covered. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Also by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. Schedule an obligation-free consultation today. Call one 888 830 Pond or info at sepond.com. Also brought to you by LM Marine. LM Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats to pontoons to bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. You can visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or give them a call at 251 937 1380.